Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with The Ocean. The Ocean has been releasing their unique style of music since 2000. This year they have released Holocene, a truly immersive album from start to finish. Come see this band when they hit your town and be transported to a place only The Ocean can take you. And here is my interview with The Ocean. Well, I wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me. Of course, you're most welcome. Thanks for the exposure. And how was the recording process this time around for you guys? Uh, it's been different um, compared to the previous albums for which we recorded drums in Iceland. And then, um, yeah, the album kind of came about in different places. This time we kind of did everything ourselves. So we started recording drums at our synth guy Peter's place, who's also a drummer, and he has this really nice recording studio in the northern German countryside, uh, which is fully residential and just a great place to not be distracted and, uh, you know, start an, an album recording session. So we did drums there. And then everything else we recorded in Berlin. Um, all the guitars, bass, vocals, and all the brass instruments and the vibraphone. And um, yeah, so it's been pretty much uh, a bit of a homecoming for us, you know, to not hire external engineers um, sure. or studios, but just do everything ourselves. And uh, I think this is going to be the the uh, route for us for the future as well. I wanted to ask about the song Unconformities. I wanted to ask about it um, conceptually and, um, and musically. Um, how did that one come about to you? Um, like all the other tracks on the record, pretty much, it started with Peter sending me some synth ideas, um, and then I added guitars and programmed drum ideas and, uh, did my usual treatment with them to turn, turn those ideas into an ocean track. And, um, yeah, the, that specific song, actually, we released a parallel album of, of Peter under the moniker Shrivel, which is basically like his solo project. And it's uh, it has some of those ideas in its original form. And Unconformities is one of those tracks, actually. You can hear that on the Shrivel record um, and compare it to the, <laughs> the final Ocean track, basically. So I just added my stuff to it. And uh, in this case, a lot of parts at the end of the song that uh, were not in Peter's Vocals, it was one of those tracks that was left over um, when Luik and me started working on them. We just, I had some ideas, but they weren't really clicking with Luik. And in the end, we decided that maybe that mm -hmm. could be a track where we need some help. And that's when we asked uh, Karen if she wanted to uh, sing over the track and guest on the record. And she liked the track and she was into it and basically took over from there and uh, recorded her own vocals. And I wanted to ask you as well about the videos for Parabiosis and Subatlantic. Um, one, I wanted to ask uh, if you could elaborate on the story behind the video and uh, how they are connected. Um, well, <laughs> it's, a, it's a long story. So the, the Parabiosis video um, was shot by our documentary filmer who accompanied us on the last US tour in November, December, Drew Storks and the whole song or like actually both videos were shot on that tour. Uh, so it was a pretty improvised process that we kind of just developed on the go. And the idea behind Parabiosis or like that, the, what that track is about is basically 
um, the, the cult of eternal youth and how we're always looking for rejuvenation elixirs and plastic surgery and you know everyone is young and healthy around us you basically don't see old people in our inner cities anymore if you walk around in a city like Berlin and every everyone is uh, striving for eternal youth and her parabiosis is basically a, a process of um, cloning organs that uh, you know helps to replace um, sick and defunctional organs which by itself is a great idea and a, and a great uh, indication of scientific process but it also comes with a lot of problematic aspects and a lot of questions attached to it and that track is kind of like dealing with that and the story that we tell in the video is this basically this uh this uh, scientist um play, <laughs> played by myself <laughs> so that was actually really fun you know recording this on mm. track with band members acting in the clip and this guy is uh, offering uh, this kind of like anti-aging program to his patients. And um, the patients that sign up for this program, they're being promised that uh, they can kind of like revert the process of aging. And um, yeah, that's why we have all these uh, images in the clip of some other band members and some other performers who are at first shown as an old person. And then that person gets gradually, gradually younger throughout the clip, basically. So that was the idea behind it. And um yeah, in Sub-Atlantic, um, that is kind of like, well, in, in Parabios, it's, it's developed to the point where all these protagonists, they end up in their own personal purgatories, basically. And um, and in Sub-Atlantic, the story is kind of being continued, where uh, that, that, that scientist is, uh, yeah, just like kind of like fleeing from a masked figure who in the end of the clip turns out to be Loic or a vocalist. Um, singing a very poignant line of the lyrics and finally revealing his face at the end of the clip. So like I said, it's like a, it's a long story that is being continued in Sub-Atlantic. And um, it was a very improvised project that we filmed and realized on tour entirely. It was great fun. It was the first time that we actually did something like this. We don't perform uh, instruments, but actually perform as, uh, you know, characters in the, in the video. And that was, that was great fun. I also wanted to ask you about the album artwork and the artist that was involved in the modernistic uh, art on the album. The artwork um, is a collaboration between our long-term friend and associate Martin Quamme and um, a German designer named Stefan Alt, whom I know through the Lustmod collaborative project that we've done um, last year, which was basically like a a bunch of contemporary artists reinterpreting Lustmord songs. Um, the Ocean also did a track on it. We had Ulver and Zola Jesus and Stefan Till and um, yeah, a lot, a lot of bands uh, participating in this. And Stefan did the artwork for that. And for Holocene, I brought these two people together. And um, basically, the initial ideas came from um, Martin. But then Stefan did all the layouting and uh, also provided uh, some, some extra figures. I would say he did about like 70 or 80 percent of the design work. But uh, yeah, it was a very fruitful collaboration and actually the result of a very long process. There was a, a previous version which we rejected because it was too, too much in the vein of what we've already done before with previous records. And we wanted this record to have something really modern but at the same time, not looking like a prog rock record, you know? So it was mm -hmm. kind of challenging. It was a process that lasted well over a year and uh, <laughs> about like 400 emails exchanged between Martin, Stefan and me. 
and we're super stoked about the outcome. Uh, you really have to see it as a physical product. It's, it's not as good when you look at it in thumbnail size on Spotify. We actually used a special paper, which is dyed all black. There's like die cuts in the vinyl packaging and metallic foil. And it's just like a super nice haptic thing, you know, to hold in your hands and touch. And I think that this is uh, very important to us when, you know, like I believe that when you, if you want to still sell music as a physical product, then you have to give people a good reason and uh, good record packaging and outstanding artwork and vinyl design is one of the best reasons for that. I also wanted to ask you, let's say I'd never heard of the band um, and you was to describe the ocean as conceptually and musically, how would you describe it? I don't. <laughs> I, get asked, I get asked that all the time and I'm always, uh, you know, telling people, uh, go ask someone else or Google it. <laughs> some, <laughs> some journalist wrote about it, you know, like I'm, I'm quite bad at describing music with words in general and especially when it comes to my own music. Um, there's a lot of elements in it obviously and when like i'm just too deeply involved you know i'm too close to it so it's uh yeah I, I usually leave that up to people who have a bit more distance to myself but uh yeah there's i mean there's elements of um of metal of um post-rock of progressive rock or progressive metal there's uh, like a lot of um kind of unusual instruments as well like on this record uh, a very dominant brass component and also a vibraphone that we used on almost every track of the record and this is something we've been doing already with the past couple of records that we've uh, not just been em employing the usual band lineup but like uh, basically anything we can get our hands on but what it actually is in terms of music um please ask someone else <laughs> <laughs> yes uh i was trying to come up with a an explanation myself and uh you know, a simplistic view. Um, my description would have been if you could put Pink Floyd in a bus and put Nine Inch Nails in a bus and ram them into each other, you would have the ocean. Oh, that's a very, uh, very nice description. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, we're we're, we're fa all fans of, of both of these acts, obviously. Um, so I, I accept that. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask, uh, what can fans look for next? What's the next step for the ocean? We're right now preparing for, um, well, for the summer festival season here in Europe. And that means we're going to start rehearsing the Holocene material, which might sound uh, weird, but we actually haven't played those tracks since we recorded them. So we have to completely relearn them and uh, prepare for the touring cycle now. And we're looking forward to that. We've taken a bit of a break um, after the after we came home from the European tour with Carnival in February um, because we had been out for basically six months nonstop pretty much since August last year. And we all got to the point where we wanted to take it a bit slower. And now we're all itching again to get together and play music. And uh, it's going to happen at the end of this. So we're going to start rehearsing. And then we have a bunch of summer festivals. And then we're going out on a um, European tour in September, October, it's going to be a co-headline tour with an American band that I'll tell you more about at this stage, because I don't know when you're going to release this episode. <laughs> and, uh, after that, we're looking at returning to the States, hopefully in November, December. We 
want to do a proper headline tour. Um, and we're just in the early stages of, of plotting that right now. And I also wanted to ask you, could you give me and my fans a band history lesson? How did this all start? Um, well, it all started some 23 years ago when I moved to Berlin from a small town in the west of Germany and started looking for like-minded people. And from that moment on, it was a pretty long process of just like lots of different people uh, in and out of the band for the first couple of years. Um, we got to the point where we kind of like uh, turned our backs on the idea of having a consistent lineup. It was nothing out. So we, yeah, we're organized more like a collective of different people playing together under different formations or in different constellations. And then, um, yeah, we, we had a rehearsal space in Berlin, Kreuzberg, where we spent a lot of time, sometimes more than in our apartments, and um, just slowly developed the sound. And um, yeah, it's it's been 23 years, man. It's been a long fucking time. Wow. It's uh, A lot has happened since then. I'm the only one that's still the band from those days. Um, Loic, our vocalist, he joined in 2009, I think. So already 13 or 14 years ago. But before that, the band already existed for another 10 years. So that, uh, yeah, that tells you how, how old we are, essentially. <laughs> and uh, I also wanted to ask you about your musical development. What age did you begin your craft? Um... I kind of started playing guitar at age maybe like 12, 13, something like that. At that time, um, I was listening to, I, I was a huge Guns N' Roses fan, like in <laughs> 1990, 1991, when I was like 10, 11, 12 years old, you know? So that was my first point of contact with heavy rock music, basically. And that's also when I first started picking up a guitar. And then I got into bands like the Melvins and uh, Helmet and Sick of It All and into the whole hardcore scene. And uh, of course, Nirvana happened back then. And um, yeah, I was play, just trying to figure out by all of these bands, trying to learn how to play them on guitar, uh, failing miserably at first. But eventually, I figured out how to trust my ears. And that's when I also started playing in, in bands. It was like, it was cover bands at first, but like covering metal and hardcore songs and, uh, you know, just tracks of bands we loved and playing to absolutely no one at all. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then um, music just became more and more important for me. And at one point I moved to Berlin with a pretty clear idea of, of um, like what I wanted to do with a band and like what what kind of sound I would I, I wanted to pursue and uh, yeah that was the big, the beginning of the ocean then. And along that journey, what do you feel has been the best advice that has been given to you along the way? The best of what? I'm sorry. The best advice that you've been given along your musical journey. Mm, that's a good question. I guess I can't remember any like delicate moment of uh, getting advice from someone where I would say now that was very useful but generally just like understanding and, and learning to um, like realizing that um, you don't have to be anyone or you don't have to fulfill any expectations you know just like trust yourself your taste and your skills and um, 
your vision and not, don't try to mimic something that someone else is doing. Um, there were a couple of people who have told me that throughout my musical upbringing, because like I said, in the beginning, we were playing cover tracks, you know, so we wanted to be mm-hmm. sick of it all, or we wanted to be uh, like some other bands. And I think that's a, it's a normal and healthy step when you're really young, but at one point you have to figure out who you are yourself and who you want to be yourself and cr- like, you know, create that, that image of yourself and, and, um, and disengage yourself from just trying to be like uh, your idols and, that was uh, something that was very important for me to learn that as a 16 or 17 year old that, uh, you know, I, I can and I should be doing my own shit rather than trying to sound like all these other cool bands. Sure. And also, um, we bridged on the length of your career. I wanted to ask you, what do you feel is the key to longevity in the business? I think um, what's very important is understanding that um, you need other people, be it your band members or uh, record labels or associates, you know, of whatever kind. And um, it's very important to um, <laughs> to be on good terms with them and to understand that they're all human beings with desires and needs and, uh, and, and interest and um, to work together rather than against one another. When we were... Um, like when we were growing up as a band, we had devastating fights between some of the members in the band. You know, Luik and me, there was a time when we really were not getting along and um, staying together basically because we knew that we we didn't want to give up this band. And I think over the years sure. we learned to communicate, first of all, and also to take a step back rather than to let a conflict escalate violently which it did many times but it's not healthy for anyone involved and uh, i think that's just a natural process of growing up and um and also understanding how important this band is for us you know that you you're not you're learning to not risk that just because of your personal egos but that this band is somehow greater than all five or six individuals of us and that sometimes you just need to shut up, although you don't like what someone said, and take a step back and wait for the waves to come. And I think this is uh, very important when it comes to longevity. I also wanted to ask you, Robin, when when you're not working with music, do you have any hobbies that you enjoy in your spare time? I don't really have much time for hobbies, but I have a lot of things that I do enjoy when I have spare time. <laughs> which, like I said, I don't have much, but uh, I love scuba diving. Um, I am just now in the process of learning how to sail a boat. So this is going to be one of my hobbies. <laughs> so mm. hopefully. Um, and I like spending time with my dog and my plants and um, just being out in nature and traveling. And um, yeah, a lot of things. But right now the band and the record label that I run here, is uh, not leaving me that much time for for hobbies, unfortunately. And if you could recollect through your journey as a musician, um, what would you say were some of the proudest moments that you've experienced? Um, well, obviously playing some phenomenal 
festival shows to large crowds is uh, something that's very exciting and um, you know um, something when you realize that it wasn't all for nothing and you know that it's 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 going places so um there have been a, a lot of these moments but for me it's also always been about um playing the more peripheral places that not all bands manage to tour like for example we played in georgia and armenia in 2019 it was our first time that we played the far east of russia when that was still possible vladivostok and then we went to japan uh, we've toured china we've played shows in ecuador and um in Punta Arenas in the far south of Chile and playing these places for me sometimes means a lot more than playing the big open air festivals, although you have much smaller crowds, but it's kind of this exploratory spirit that we all share within the band, I guess, you know, sure. traveling is very important for us and getting to places that we otherwise likely wouldn't get to. It's just one of the greatest uh, privileges of being in this band. And um, so for me, it's always been about that more than just about, growth and, and success. I also wanted to ask you, what's the best way to get merchandise and a physical copy of the album? Visit our record label, Pelagic Records, at www.pelagic-records.com and you will find everything you seek. Um, records, vinyl, all the previous records and a lot of merchandise and everything. Uh, in the States, you can also get it from Indie Merch Store or from A Thousand Arms. So um, ah. save on shipping costs. You get a lot of stuff there, but not everything, not all the color variants and also not all the merchandise. Um, Indie does have merch, the Ocean Merch for sale. A Thousand Arms is only vinyl. I also wanted to ask you lastly, if you could give a message to your fans what would that message be? We're looking forward to get out there again and uh, play for you guys wherever you are. <laughs> Hopefully, like I said, we're uh, planning a U.S. tour at the end of the year. So we're really looking forward to getting back over there. And we're also looking at returning to Australia in early 2024. Yeah, check out Holocene. Let us know what you think and um, see you out there at a gig, hopefully. Yes, I think you've created one of the best albums of the Ocean's discography, definitely. Um, it made me uh, go back and re-explore past albums because uh, I was just so taken by the emotional feeling of this album. It has a lot of, lot of heartfelt emotion in it, musically and uh, lyrically. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. We put a lot of uh, time and effort into this album, and we're super happy that it, it finally uh, it's finally released. It's finally out there. Well, I wanted to thank you, my friend, for taking time to speak with me. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Awesome. Thanks, man. Likewise. Have a great rest of the day. You too as well, my friend. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can sponsor the podcast. Just click that button and you can be a member of the family. And remember, come see me for a fix.